Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got some awesome stories of compliance, but first, Make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is from Nova Evil Capitalist. Car dealer tells me I should waste my time and go to a competing dealer because they won't also give me the price they list on their website. This took place 8 years ago when I was buying my first new car, not just a new to me car. I spent a good amount of time researching the options available, both in terms of other models from other manufacturers and option packages on the car in which I was the most interested, so I knew exactly what I wanted coming in the door. In 2014, car dealer websites hadn't quite gotten to the level of borderline bait-and-switch trickery you see these days, so if a dealer's website said they had a particular car on the lot at a particular price, they almost certainly did. There were several in the region that matched what I was looking for, one specifically at my existing dealership. This wasn't a smaller dealership, It was one of the largest in the Northern Virginian area for this particular brand. I had had a reasonably good experience with their service department overall and figured I'd give their sales department a chance to shine. That was my first mistake. I showed up on Wednesday after work. It was early June, so with the Mercury being in the upper 90s, I was dressed in a comfortable but still very presentable combination of a polo shirt and khaki shorts. When I entered the sales side of the dealership, I could see what appeared to be all the salespeople in a conference room laughing and joking while taking scissors to the tie of the men present. Later I found out that was a rite of passage after making your first sale. I waited around for a minute or two as the conference room had glass walls and it would be impossible not to notice as I'm not exactly a small fellow at 6 feet 6 inches tall. When no one came out to greet me, I went up to the receptionist desk and said, Hi, I'm interested in model of car, and there's one in stock I'd like to see. Her response, without even looking up from her phone, was, Okay. I stood there for another 20 seconds or so, and then politely asked, Would someone be able to show me that car? This finally prompted her to look up from her phone. She looked me up and down, scoffed a bit, and said she'd go and get someone. I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, hoping that things would turn around. That was my second mistake. The receptionist came back with what looked like the youngest, most wet-behind-the-ears salesperson she could find, as evidently I wasn't worth the time of the more experienced folks. I explained that I was interested in a car that their website said they had in stock, and provided him with the printout showing the stock number, price, and all the other pertinent details. It took him a while to find the car on the lot, but after a brief test drive, I knew it was what I wanted and began the sales process. I had a trade-in which was primarily serviced by them and for which I'd already had a written offer from CarMax, so I knew how much I should receive for it. He quoted me just over half of that figure. When I pointed out that I could get several thousand more by taking it to the CarMax just up the road and had a written offer from them for that specific amount, he went and got his sales manager who offered to drive me there and pick me up afterwards, but they wouldn't match what CarMax offered. 
I was a bit surprised that they didn't want a nice used car to sell for themselves. Six years old, top of the line, reasonable mileage, and serviced by them specifically, but again, cut them more slack than they deserved. When we got to price, things really fell apart. He quoted me a price that was several thousand dollars higher than what they displayed on their website. When I showed him the printout again, with the noticeably lower price, he looked to his sales manager for guidance. The sales manager immediately took the line that, the price listed includes all available rebates and special offers, and you may not qualify for all of them. I was now frustrated and showed them printouts from other dealers in the area that had a similar price shown, and said that if they weren't willing to honor the price listed on their website, I'd just go to the next closest dealer that had that model in stock at that price. His response sealed the deal for me. Go ahead, waste your time and go to computing dealership. We won't hold it against you when you come back here. I told them, okay, thank you for your time. I'll go to competing dealership and got up to leave. No one stopped me and the receptionist said nothing as I walked past her out to the parking lot to drive to the other dealership. When I got to the competing dealership, it was already around 8pm as I had spent a fair amount of time at the first dealership and Northern Virginia traffic has never been known for being reasonable. I had a salesperson approach me immediately upon entering the dealership and I explained. I've just come from first dealership and want to buy a particular model of car. Both of you have that car in stock with the options I want. They wouldn't give it to me at the price shown on their website. If you will, I'm ready to sign the dotted line right now. The salesperson immediately took me to his office, verified that they had the car, and confirmed that yes, the price on their website was accurate and I could walk out the door with that price. We started the process and when we got to the trade-in, I further explained how the other dealership tried to lowball me on the trade. He said if I could produce a written offer from CarMax for the price I mentioned, they would match it. I gave him the paperwork, and without any further discussion, he agreed that they would match that, and we moved on to financing. I hadn't gotten this far with the other dealer, but I'd already lined up financing through my credit union. He asked if I'd be willing to see if his F&I guy could match or beat that figure. I agreed to let him try and he came back with a rate that was 50 basis points lower. Needless to say, I was already very happy with these people, but that definitely sealed the deal. Right as I was finishing the paperwork, the salesperson from the first dealer texted me to ask if they would give me the car at that price. I responded back that they would, and I was finishing up the paperwork at that very moment. He immediately tried to call me, then texted me saying he'd give it to me for $500 less. I responded to his text that I'd already signed the paperwork and he had lost the sale. Once the paperwork was complete, the exceptionally pleasant and helpful salesperson at my new dealership spent an additional half hour after the dealership had closed for the night running me through some of the features of the car and showing me how the infotainment system worked. This was completely above and beyond what I expected as I thought I'd just be reading the 300 page user manual to figure it out on my own. I drove home that night with my shiny new car, a very happy camper. The next day I decided to rub a little salt in the wounds of the first dealership, so I drove there straight from the office. For context, I work in the banking industry, and at that point it was still very much business formal dress. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I showed up in my suit with my briefcase and had people falling all over themselves trying to help me including the receptionist who clearly remembered who I was midway through me asking for the particular salesperson I dealt with the prior day. She offered me a seat and asked if I wanted some coffee while she went to get him, and I politely said, no thank you, I won't be here long. She somewhat quietly slash sheepishly responded that she'd be back with that salesperson very shortly. There was a couple in the waiting area who seemed a bit displeased that they'd been waiting for a salesperson, but that I got one the moment I walked in the door. No more than a minute later, the salesperson and his manager came out. The salesperson recognized me and with a look of defeat on his face, shook my hand and asked how I was today. Before I had a chance to respond, the sales manager spoke up to introduce himself as if I hadn't spent an hour and a half with him the previous day. After I reminded him that I was there yesterday and he had said it would be a waste of time to go to the competing dealer because they'd never give me the car I wanted at the price shown on their website, his demeanor very quickly pivoted back to the snotty, insolent person I dealt with the previous day. He proceeded to ask, well, did they? With a bit of a sneer. I said nothing but turned to the side and clicked the remote for my new car so the horn would give a few chirps. He said, good for you, in a rather curt tone and walked away, leaving the poor salesperson on his own. I shook that salesperson's hand, thanked him for his time, and turned around to leave. The receptionist spoke up as I walked past her and asked in a rather chipper voice if I needed any further assistance. I politely responded that no, the other dealership had provided me exactly what I needed and I was all set. To make things just that little bit better, as I passed the couple sitting in the waiting area, I saw them exchange looks with each other that seemed to say, perhaps we should go to the dealer I mentioned. I said nothing further and walked out of the building wearing the smile of a winner. Although I could imagine a lot of people would see it as just too inappropriate, if you had this experience and you were on your way out and you saw those people who were already dissatisfied, would you speak up and say they should check out the other dealership? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from KSAVS. You want your magazine? Fine, I'll deliver it right to your hand. Recently, I, 15-year-old female, started getting complaints on the paper round I worked. I work a paper round for extra income since I'm not 16 yet, and legally in the UK cannot get a proper job. I've had it for two years. Lately though, about two months or so, I got a new house on the round and they've been nothing but a pain. Not only is it way out of my round, so pretty much a hassle to get to, they have to be very rude too. Lately, my boss has been forgetting to put magazines into the papers, and they've been constantly complaining, resulting in me getting reprimanded. That in itself isn't bad, but they've yelled at me for not closing their gate properly, getting too close to their ring doorbell, and waving at their child from the window in the morning, all small things that led to this malicious compliance. Five weeks ago, however, they were still complaining about getting no magazine, despite me making sure before I delivered that it went through and I was getting tired. The next time I delivered their papers, I knocked. 
Bear in mind, I have to get these papers delivered quickly, so it was 6am at this point. However, I knocked and knocked until the wife of the grumpy guy opened the door, half asleep and looking agitated. She coughs slightly and in a typical Karen voice she goes, What the heck do you want? I look at her with fake stun, as if I don't know what I'm doing and tell her, I'm just delivering the magazine like you asked. At this moment, she knew she couldn't complain because 1. Her ring doorbell caught it all, and 2. I'd physically handed it to her this time. Undeniable proof. For the next upcoming weeks, I knocked until they answered the door, making sure to knock extra loud. This morning, however, the husband answered the door and he looked defeated. He flat out looked at me and apologized, in his words at least. We get it. We're sorry about the complaints. Please stop knocking so early and just get the paper through the door. After that long round, nothing felt more satisfactory than the sweet taste of malicious compliance. I may be underpaid, but it was all worth it to see that face. I love it because as you get older, I swear the single most annoying thing that continues to get more and more annoying the older you get is getting woken up when you're sleeping, especially really early in the morning. But hey, they deserved it. And our final story of the day is from Rabbit Rathian. Do not leave the spill unattended. A story of malicious compliance from many years ago, when I was a teenager, less than a year into my retail job, where I did recovery, basically tidying your allocated department so it was neat and presentable for the following day. There was a rule that if you found a spillage on the floor, you had to have one person stay and guard the spill, so no customer would come along and slip in it, and one person to go and get the cleaning supplies cart to clean it up. Or if that wasn't in its place and you couldn't find it, then at least one of those yellow caution slippery floor signs to put there. On the day of the malicious compliance, I was working in the household cleaning section, which was right in the back corner of the store. About halfway into my three hour shift, I walked into an aisle and discovered a bottle of dishwashing liquid had been knocked off the shelf and had pretty much exploded leaving a pale yellow sheen of liquid that covered almost the whole middle of the aisle. I thought about the rule for a moment and then realized that because of where my department was, I would be waiting a very long time for another staff member to even realize there was a spill, let alone help, and that it was unlikely customers would go down that aisle in the next few minutes anyway. So I walked out of the aisle and went to go find the cleaning stuff but only got a few meters away from the spill when I bumped into the store manager who we'll call Ray. We had the following conversation, paraphrased a bit since this was from around 20 years ago. Ray says, how are you going with your department? I say good, but there's a spill in the dishwashing aisle, so I'm just going to get the cleaning cart. They say, who's standing watch over it? I say no one, the other staff don't really come up here, so I was going to quickly go and, no, you do not leave spills unattended. What if a customer comes along and trips in it? Go back and stay there and make sure any customers who go down that aisle are aware of it. I say, okay, in that case, can you please get me the cleaning trolley so I can clean it up? They say, no, I need to get to a meeting upstairs. Just wait for another staff member to come past and ask them to go and get it for you. In the meantime, don't leave the spill unattended. I say, but I was trying to say that because of how out of the way my department was, It was unlikely another staff member would come past, but he walked off before I finished talking. About 20 minutes before the recovery shift ended, when Ray had gone home for the day and the store had closed, the night manager Lucy was doing her rounds. When she got to the dishwashing aisle, she stopped. 
Why are you standing there? You haven't finished more than half of your department. I say there's a spill. She says, well, why didn't you clean it up? I say I tried, but Ray told me off. I explained to her what had happened, and she rolled her eyes and told me to go and get the cleaning cart so she could clean it up after she let all the recovery staff go home. After that, they brought in a rule where if you had a spill and there were no staff around, you were either allowed to leave either a shopping basket over it or create a makeshift barrier around it with stock so that you could go and get the cleaning supplies yourself. Whoever created this rule was very short-sighted because if there was ever a job that I imagine could be very frequently understaffed, it wouldn't be surprising if it was the supermarket, right? They really did not plan for what happens if one guy is around and there's just nobody strolling by. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome story of compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.